about that time, y'all. <laughs> Rough Riders. You know, Chuck Long. Eve. Welcome back to the Why So Serious Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. We got Devin and Mike with us as usual. Uh, but today, before we get started, we have a new co-host that's going to be a regular on the show. She's been here many, many times, but she's back for good now. We got Reese. What's going on, Reese? Hello. Woo! I'm here to represent all women. <laughs> yeah. I speak for all women everywhere. Oh, shit. I all love of you the so women. much, Reese. All oh. of the women. All of them. Yep. Mike, have I've you ever heard that song before? We do this every week. No, why? I hate when you ask me this because you know I don't know. Do you know who <laughs> sang that song? No. Come on, it's, it's in the title. They it's in the title. Literally say it in the song. <laughs> I didn't even hear the words. Oh. oh. Um. Uh, anyway, Reese, Mike, did do you, you know uh, who Eve is? No. Oh God. So old. She's on the talk right now, uh, Mike. Or is that the View? She's on the View. She's on the View. She's on the View. I don't watch. She's the black woman. I miss. God damn it! It gets. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, Reese. Yes. Um, your favorite uh, Harlem Shake? Did you did you do it in Philly? Because y'all did it in Philly. Did you Harlem do it Shake? Though? I know no, what that is. I don't. I, I can't dance. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm saying, Reese, all you gotta do is bow, bow, uh, uh, get yeah. the shimmy. That's from when I was in high shimmy. school. They don't no. Harlem Shake in Philly. They did, Brandon. About? They did. I don't know. They, I wouldn't know because I don't dance. Tell him. He's well, an idiot. What, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. They got different styles of Harlem shakes, Brandon. It's called Harlem. Everybody had one. Are we talking about the same uh, Harlem shake? You're from shake Virginia. They didn't have nothing in when Virginia. When I was in high school. You're from Virginia. Okay, okay, Brandon, they had nothing down there. I'm literally. Yo, again, when you travel as much as I do with track and field, everybody has oh, their iteration with the Harlem. What what the Harlem Shake is to them? Yeah, you know it's what I mean? probably not called the Harlem Shake. It's probably called something. Yeah, else. you might be right. <laughs> that chicken noodle soup. They had a everybody had a chicken noodle soup type shit. <laughs> everybody plays variations on a regional dance. Everybody makes it their own. Mine was called was the Harlem say. Shake. How do you know what the Harlem Shake is, Mike? It was popular when I was in high school. It was not. When were you in high school? That's yeah, when that song came out. No, it, that song did not come out when you were in high school. No. <laughs> we're definitely talking about two different Harlem shakes because there was a song that came out. Everyone would do a dance. I think they would be like frozen. And then when the when the thing dropped, then everyone was, would start dancing. Is that the chicken in the soup? Is that chicken in the soup? No. That's not chicken the Harlem shake. About like two years ago. Like, what is he talk? What are you talking about, Mike? Okay, I'm going to have to pull up. Of, uh, oh, you're going to have to do it. But uh, there was you must a, be talking about something that I don't know. There was a you song. Okay, called, you you tell, well, wait, tell me. Oh, apparently there was a song about? called "The Harlem Shake" in 2012. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. What the hell is is that? Some white appropriation shit? It might be white yeah. appropriation. Who is Bauer? <laughs> Do you know this, I, Reese? Again. Last time you came on, you taught me about K-pop. Who? Who is Bauer? I don't know. Is that from K-pop? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Reese, we oh, yeah. it's, it's a white dude, segment. Devin. It's a white dude. 
Okay. I, uh, I've never. We had, okay. I'm gonna play this for a few seconds before we get cut off. Wait, wait. You you don't, you got to show a video. It was. It doesn't really make sense without the video. I'm not showing the video. I just want to hear what the song is. It's terrible. It's like EDM. It's like what? Oh, EDM. Is that the joint with like with LeBron James in them? Did he do that? And like everybody made one because it was like the popular thing. Yeah, it's a it's a LeBron James thing. You remember when he uh when he had the little King thing on and everybody was in the locker room? That's when they had won a championship in Miami, I think. Oh my God! Someone just commented on our thing and said, "Look up Miami Heat Harlem Shake." LeBron brought the hammer down. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Hyder. Good, good call. I mean, I knew what it was before. Since you said it was white people, I remember me, Devin, and Reese know. This is it, Mike. You know this song? If you're not playing a bike, it's not Black Rob. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Get smacked no, silly. Get smacked no. silly. Fucking with these niggas. You don't know that? No. <laughs> man, every week, man, it's an age gap. Every week is something. Man. God damn. All right. Shit, so shit, we got some news to get into this week. Before we get into the news, um, I did a review with Rashani and Charmaine, an official review of Wonder Woman 84. Um, but I needed, uh, we, of course, I got to Oh, time out. What the fuck? Hold up. Yeah, they did it without us. You didn't know that? No. I knew no, that. I didn't listen to No, my daddy said you had said it was real bad. But again, fuck you for making me watch the movie after I didn't know that you had already reviewed it. No, but you made me watch it anyway. I, I said on the show that I was doing a separate thing with you guys because I wanted you guys to have the freedom to trash it with not so many people. Uh, no, but Oh God, fuck you. In a like I'm really upset. <laughs> so Devin, what do really... you think about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four? Uh, why the fuck did you make me watch it? I, when you say you love somebody, uh, it shows better with your actions. Uh, therefore, with you telling me you love me, Brandon, you showed me you didn't love me by telling me to watch this movie. And I'm really hurt because it was an awful movie. It was two hours and, and like 20 minutes yeah, of my yeah, it was time. Yeah, longer than that. Two hours and 40 minutes. Um, okay. Uh, two hours and 40 minutes? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah it's absurd. Devin, let me bad. be the first to tell you that Wonder Woman 3 has already been greenlit. That'll be much better, though. I guarantee you that'll be better. I'm not saying it'll be good. I'm not saying it'll be good, but it will be better. (laughs) It has to be better than this. First of all, this this gives the trope that the sequel was never better because this was awful. No, Um, this was really bad. Wonder Woman 1 wasn't great, but I mean, this was awful. Hey, I saw Zack Snyder and his wife had a producing credit in this shit. So and um, I Snyder, immediately knew. So Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder have a CGI company. They have a company they do special effects, and um, usually, usually they have good special effects. Um, if, despite all the shit I hate about Zack Snyder, usually he does good special effects. He just has drab, terrible coloring and shading, and just dark and gloomy. Um, but this film had awful special effects. The, especially that running scene. Everybody talks about the running scene, and it was pretty damn bad. Oh, because they just put yeah, on yeah, and the, on the street and the flying. But I the didn't flying like the flying. Was bad. The they made Cheetah look like cats, like a woman from the Cats movie. The last the last fight scene was completely grayed out and dark, where you couldn't see anything. Yeah, it's just bad. I will say this though, I said this in our review. Kristen Wiig was great. She was good. I said the same thing. She was very, very good, and they wasted that performance. Pedro Pascal was good for what they asked him to do, and they wasted wasted that performance. 
with a terrible. I didn't script. even know that was him until I saw the credits. Yeah, it's the Mandalorian, and more I than know. that, they take the fem- the, <laughs> the supposed feminist icon warrior, most powerful woman in the world. And Make for 60 years, she sulks and saps around because her one-night stand from the first movie died. And she right. couldn't move from on 60 with her years life. ago. For 60 years, she couldn't move on with her life. And she gets a wish. And the one thing that she wants to wish for more than anything in the world is to bring this man back. And not only does he bring the man back, the man takes over another man's body. Another man. <laughs> and she doesn't give a shit. That he takes over this other man's body and life. Fuck his friends or family or anything. I got Steve Trevor back. To the point that she's willing to give up her powers to keep this man alive and see the world go to shit for her to to her to have her one night stand booty call back with her. How is she a fucking superhero? That was my one of my things. She's not a superhero anymore. God, that was such uh, a and then story. also But but think about this, right? You been theme of scare and you ain't never had that dick. My man, my man, Scott Trevor, Steve Trevor put that dick down. You know what I Here's mean? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They already that came out. Dick, no, no, no. They already came out and said that inside the DCEU, Wonder Woman is bisexual, uh, which she is in the comic books. So she's bisexual. Yeah. So you're trying to tell me this bisexual, this beautiful bisexual woman met a dude for three weeks in 1918, had sex once for all we know. And she can't move on. Get the fuck yeah. out of here! Come on. How how quick? How quick was she ready to leave that party and get on that dick? Tell how about me. this? You, you how suck. about this? <laughs> on the plane, here's a, here's some, here's some little small things. On the plane, she says, "My father." You gave me the gift of flight. No, no. She, oh. Well, that too. Oh, yes, that oh too. the magic! But she says, so, "My so father told me how power? to." No, no, no. no. It's much worse than that. She goes, "Oh my yeah, father, yeah, yeah. I know what you're gonna say." She goes, "My father she teaches my me father. how to make this themiscara. My father made themiscara invisible." And I always wanted to try that. And so I only tried it once with a bottle. So she tried to make a water bottle disappear. With a cup. And then no, somehow cup. she can make a yeah. whole jet disappear, right? That's ridiculous, right? But that's not the most she, ridiculous she's a part. Sorcerer. That's not the most ridiculous part. What is it? The most ridiculous part is... Is the plane? How the fuck does she know her father's Zeus? That's a whole thing. She doesn't know who her father was. She doesn't no, know. she said in the first movie, she said she in the first movie, my father Zeus molded me from clay. How the fuck she know that? That's what she said. She said that in the first movie. Hippolyta told her. Hippolyta told her. I guess. (laughs) The nigga said Hippolyta. No, that's not the most ridiculous part. The ridiculous part is that Steve Trevor's from 1918 and he knows how to fly an F-16. That's not ridiculous. It's a plane. And it has two cockpit. That's not how to. uh, That's not not a plane. That is a military grade fighter jet. I'm pretty sure you start a plane the same. Not a fighter jet. That's not a plane. That's a jet. That's Mike, a have you fighter ever driven, jet. Have you ever driven a tank before? No. If I put I'm you in a tank, one. do you think I'm you can turn it on it. and move it forward? I mean, I'm after like it. several hours, he went. No, in there. I don't no. think it would take you several no. hours it, to move a tank. It's gonna take me five. Mi- <laughs> it's gonna take me five minutes. It's gonna take me five fucking minutes. I don't think it's that difficult. And if you're a pilot, by the way, if you became a pilot in 1918. When nobody knew how to do that shit before, you're probably pretty smart. Oh, he's definitely smart. You can see in the whole movie he's smart, but yeah, this this. So is, yeah, this we're spoiling this for Reese, but she doesn't care. Yeah, no, I'm Reese. Uh, I'm not oh yeah, shit. First of all, so uh, Brandon, are you telling me that um, we're all terrible people, and then we bring peace to the Middle East, which they don't want? Uh, well, we everything will be solved, and then uh, I mean, everybody's terrible, apparently. <laughs> terrible. Um, um. 
so yeah, I mean, everybody in DC is a rapist too. Uh, that's the thing, apparently. No, it was just so. Oh, that's the other thing, right? The, so the every white woman film, talking about this. The theme of this film, one, well, okay, I'm not going to say what the theme of this film is because they don't really have a consistent theme. But one of the things they were trying to get across is how terrible men are, which is true. Men are fucking terrible. We talk about this all the time. Awful, the yeah. Men are yeah. horrible people, and so they try to show us that Barbara. What the scene that they use to have Barbara, quote unquote, turn evil, is when she beats the shit out of a fucking drunk white dude that tries to rape her walking down the street, and I'm like, yeah, she should have beat not, the shit out of that dude. Like, yeah, what's, yeah. like she did the right thing. She beat the shit out of the dude. Like, what's wrong with that? And that's the scene that's been like, she's going too far. She's being violent. I'm like, oh, no, not at all, not at all. She should be violent to uh, that person. She should have done more. And- <laughs> Then she turned to the old black guy. Leon was just like, No, no the old black guy says you've gone too far. And I'm like, Bro, he just tried to rape me for the second time in a week. Because remember the first time Diana saved me. But he ain't know that. That black man ain't know that. But that black man ain't know that. He was like, He know he know her heart. This is the same woman that always give me carry out and just let me sign me some money. Baby, going too far. You beat his ass up. do nothing wrong. And that she was wrong and she was right. But then they make her be tied to Maxwell Lord. Like, the men were not needed in this movie. They were not needed. Neither of the men were needed in this movie. So, are we going to act like uh, Maxwell Lord ain't fucking Donald Trump? We going to act like that? We gonna I act don't like think that? it was Donald Trump. They didn't want him to do? be Donald Trump. Because they oh. wanted him... Well, no, no. He is, no, again. They didn't want him to be Donald I'm Trump. I'm this. I'm, I'm showing you this. I'm all this. But then I, I tell behind the scenes I broke his shit. And now we know he was broke his shit. And then look, boom! He gets all right, his money, and apparently he was he was doing all that in the beginning to show his son that he's successful. And then apparently somewhere down the line he lost his way, which was never explained. And then at the end, out wow. of how many billion people in this world? I don't know how many billion people in this world. Out of four eight. billion people, eight billion people in this world, he hears his son's voice to tell him to renounce. And doesn't go. And then. It just ends. There's no consequences. He doesn't go to jail. Cheetah doesn't go to jail. The nobody remembers the back. world that was about I don't to, like none to of this. They never explained if people remembered yeah. shit or not. And then at the end, Wonder Woman sees the dude who she fucked that wasn't him and just yeah. talks to him like it, nothing happened. I didn't violate I totally didn't violate you. No. I didn't I didn't do that. God, that movie was trash. Uh, yeah, it had good no, acting. Uh, you know what makes it more angry? Because Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal were very, and even Chris Pine was very good in this film for what they asked him to do. That scene with Chris Pine at the end, where he, by the way, in order to get Wonder Woman didn't give up her powers on her own, she had to get permission from the man. No, to do it. permission. To get permission from. And no, but he begged her. But his He's scene, not a hero. His acting in that scene was great. He, yeah, he was the hero. He Yes, 100%. He was absolutely the hero of this film. She wasn't the fucking hero. He was the hero of this film. God, it was terrible. So, Reese, yeah, don't watch it. Or watch like a YouTube video that sums it up in like 13 minutes. <laughs> and that's 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 a good amount of time to waste on that. So, my, I, was, I was just saying angry about this, okay? So, everybody else is getting their witches, right? His son's wish was to say, Daddy, I need you here. Daddy, come save me because... People about to break that building yeah, down. His son but, already made a wish. His son wished for his greatness. His greatness, right. You only get one wish. So he can't get it. Okay, you only get one. But no, Cheetah got, because he was being generous. How the fuck did that work? Because it broke the rule. Because for Christian Wayne turning to Cheetah. I don't know how Cheetah got multiple wishes. That's absolutely true. 
because because remember when he shake the dude's hand, he won a Ferrari. He got a Ferrari last week, so he can't get a wish from him. Yeah. So that's why I was like, so everybody well, only got one wish. What the fuck? Cheetah. She wanted to be an apex predator, so she got a second. Yeah, they never explained Which that. Is... She got a second wish. Did you notice that? Yeah, like, because like, maybe six wishes. She had like six wishes. She no, had she six didn't. Wishes? No, she only had one wish. No, she had three. She, she had three. She made it long. She made her first wish really fucking long, Michael. You gotta realize. Maybe that. her first wish was like, like, "This is my wish," but uh, hold hold on, my sentence isn't finished. Just I'll come back in a couple weeks. Right. <laughs> so here's no. He thing. offered it. He said, "I'm feeling generous on the plane," and he offered her more wishes. But how does that work? Well, how does That's that what work? I don't. They didn't like, explain it. How does that they didn't work? explain it. it. Doesn't work. Yes. I don't. I don't. Because I don't think they explained it at all. Because again, the dude he shook his hand because he was he wanted to meet the president. He couldn't get it because he had gave him a Ferrari last week. Well, and here's my other thing too, right? It's supposed to. He's he's the stone, right? So it's supposed to take something away from him. It does. So he's just able to give it like he can just take something from somebody else to replace it. Like that kind of feels like that shouldn't work like that. I mean, he definitely was like, looking he like never he really lost else. anything. He just take it well, from somebody did. else. He was losing his health. You, you ain't saying his health. He was like, yeah, but, oh, but, but when he realized he was losing his health. He was just like, oh, all right, I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to take the hell. I'm going to give you her rage. I'm going to give me your your organs. I'm going to give you her. You know, like that didn't that was weird. He was just at the end of the movie. He was literally did you catch that one line where he was like, uh, let's see. All right, you can have this witch. But in exchange, I'm giving I'm giving Cheetah your rage. I'm giving me your health. I'm giving Cheetah your whatever. It's did you catch stupid. that? It's a stupid fucking movie. So then yeah, on top of that, and I like Patty Jenkins and I like Gal Gadot. But this is what I'm about to tell y'all is some of the stupidest shit I've ever heard. So fans started asking after the movie, where was Wonder Woman's sword and shield from BVS and Justice League and shit? Like, and, and in the comics. It's the 84. Yeah. yeah but this, those movies took place after that. So she should have had her shield and sword that she got from Themyscira. Oh. So people are asking that, right? All right. So this is what, this is what was said. Who said it? And listen, in an interview with Joe Blow, Jenkins and Gadda. Gadot wanted to make a film that didn't prioritize superhero violence, stating how it was purposeful choice not to have any characters actually die in the film. Gadot, this is part of the reason why we decided that she shouldn't have a sword or shield. Diana is not aggressive. She's not there to fight. She's a peacemaker. She also has a higher understanding that people are not bad, per se, you know? Continuation to what Patty just mentioned, we're all the same. We all have our moments where we don't do the right thing in order to fill this Mm-mm. hole. She assumes the best out of people Mm-mm. and her default is always to protect them and she leads by example. For humankind, they'll get it, they'll understand it eventually, but she will always do and give whatever she has in order to bring goodness to humankind. Then Patty Jenkins follows up and says, not one person dies in the whole movie. You may or may not notice, but we went out of our way because if all these people were under the power of something else, then it's not their fault. <laughs> I love dealing with that. It's not their fault and that they're attacking you. So it becomes hilariously entertaining. What the fuck are they talking about? I, I have, first of all, uh, I mean, here's, this is, here's the thing. I got a question, right? This is my question, right? So uh, this is the second movie where we just got a female savior and don't nobody give her name yet? Like, she's still not gonna, gotta, nobody called a bitch by Wonder Woman, not one time. Well, so that's, that's the thing? Cheetah, Cheetah. So yeah, what? what all right. I mean, they never called. Nobody, uh, nobody saw Sheeta. Nobody ever saw Sheeta, so you can't call a thing a thing if you ain't seen it. But they don't. They have never called Scarlet Witch Scarlet Witch in the MCU. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Scarlet Witch is. I don't think that's as big of a deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, here's my issue. Ahead, 
here's my issue, right? So whether or not you want it to be a certain way as the director or the fan, you've decided to make this movie as part of a, a shared universe, right? So you got to keep up with the continuity. And when you're making a movie that, you know, comic book fans are going to go see and nitpick it apart like this, like it, it kind of sounds like to me that they had their own direction in mind and they went with it regardless of where the continuity was or what, where, where we last saw Wonder Woman. Like they wanted to bring Chris Pine back because they thought they had good chemistry. Sure. Forget everything that happened in the first and, and after, you know, let's bring him back. Oh, we want, we don't want to kill anybody. Let's, let's take one of the most, powerful warriors in dc comics one of the most (laughs) one of the most skilled fighters that dc has right one of the most skilled fighters right someone who could get up there and 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 fight with superman and and contend so i was gonna say so there's a story called infinite crisis right it happened a few years ago and that's a big maxwell lord story so essentially what happens in the comic books maxwell lord has powers like the purple man from Jessica Jones. Has any of y'all watched Jessica Jones? He kind of has like yes. powers where he can influence people in the comic books. That's what Maxwell Lord does. And so Maxwell Lord is doing all this shit and he somehow influences Superman, right? And Superman, he's got Superman under his influence. Oh, Wonder Woman I know, I know, goes I know. and fights Superman, beats Superman's ass, right? Because they explain that Wonder Woman is almost as powerful as Superman, but not quite as powerful as Superman. However, She's a trained fucking warrior and much more skilled fighter than Superman. So because of that, she can beat Superman's ass. So she beats Superman's ass. And not only that, you know how that story ends. Yes, I'm about to say that, Mike. So then she beats Superman's ass. She runs up on Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord, she puts the truth, the lasso of truth around this dude to say, like, when are you going to stop? Like, how are you going to stop? What do I got to do to make you stop? He says, I'm never going to stop. I'm going to keep, I'm going to get back a hold of Superman. I'm going to have him kill people's families and do all this other stuff. And she said, well, what's the only way I can make you stop? And she says, nothing. You're going to have to kill me. Wonder Woman takes her arm, snaps his neck, kills Maxwell Lord. Dead. Done. Toast. (laughs) Because that's who Wonder Woman is. Not a fucking peacemaker. She's not a peacemaker. And here's the thing. I'm not a bit. Com- I'm not. You have to do it like the comic books thing. My whole thing is you got to have the core. Of Tell the a story. Yeah, the, the story's got to make sense. The character has to represent the core of the character, or else why use that IP? It's like what we talked about with Joker. Joker was a good film. The problem with this film is it's a bad film. Like if you take out all the comic book stuff, it's a bad, it's film. bad, it's a bad script. It has terrible choices and things. It's bad CGI. It's just a bad film. The comic book aspect of the film is not, honestly, it's not that terrible, except for the fact that how they look, made Cheetah look. It's not as terrible, but it's just a bad film. Joker was a well-done film, a very well-done film. It's just a bad comic book film. It's just a terrible, you just used the Joker IP to sell tickets. That was not a Joker story, right? But it's a good film. This is the opposite. This is the opposite of that. But then she comes out and says this, and it's pretty ridiculous. So I know we talked a lot because... Uh, Reese hasn't seen the movie, but Reese, that's basically it. Right. Also, also, just one more, just one more thing. Hey, Reese, if I told you that uh, you work at a museum, but now you can get in the Smithsonian where they have top secret uh, planes that are filled up, and, and all you got to do is show your, and then you can just show your ID and get into the building, like, like well, after hours like, and shit. It's like they act like they, they act like. They can't look through the log to see who walked in right before that plane was stolen and realize, oh, look, Diana Prince just walked in like seconds before this fighter jet was stolen. Let's just not follow that lead up at all. 
And let's well, just, let's apparently, everyone move on with your this life. never happened because in BVS, the world doesn't know who this Wonder Woman is. Not that she saved a bunch of people in the mall or is running down fucking Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. Well, and, happened. and apparently Wonder Woman went through a goth phase in 2016 because her armor was like severe, severely dulled, dimmed in terms of color. Well, that's a Zack Snyder bullshit. I don't blame her for that. I know, but and I'm not going to hold them for that. I'm not going to hold them accountable. The for color that in the most of this film until the end was actually good. I enjoyed it. Really good. It was good. Color. No, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. So, I'm not going to hold she them. Wasted, she wasted that gold suit. They, they wasted the gold suit on... Letting her fly oh, before she put the ghost suit on. Man. Oh my god, that was so pointless. So, that suit was yeah, so fucking but... pointless. And then they had this scene where they finally explain Maxwell Lord's reasoning, his backstory at the end of the movie. That should have been been the beginning of the movie. Yeah, beginning, the yeah. The so, we didn't need that so, so, scare so, scene. We already saw Themyscira yeah. in the first film. It's not like she was. Yeah. I thought they were going to have the story of her going back to Themyscira, like in the comic book. She's trying to find them. Like in the comic books, at one point. She leaves them a scare, and she's been in, in the main world for so long, she hasn't been back. She couldn't find it because it was hidden. And she couldn't find them a scare. She couldn't find out why she couldn't find it. And she goes searching to find her homeland. It's like this big, popular story. I thought that's what they were going to do. No, it has nothing to do with that. They just show us this because you can't cheat your way to the top. It's a message movie. So fucking Anyway, message uh, movie. yeah, let's move on. Uh, Reese, what's yes. going on? Tell us what you've what you been up to. Hold on, Devin. We gonna get to that section. We got news stories. I uh, know, no, because no, we got to piggyback. No, I mean, shit. Yep. Now here's some better. Damn here's it. some. Yeah, this is both good and bad news. Okay, I'll start with you, Reese. So there's news coming out that Warner Brothers is going to release two new DC movies a year on HBO Max, exclusively on HBO Max, starting in 2022. Now, Ooh. the first two movies that are rumored to be released in 2022, that's DC, straight to HBO Max, are Batgirl and Static Shock. Now, that's fine. I'll go watch both of those. Animated? Movies. No, animated? Live action. If it's animated, oh, I love Batgirl, and I think Static Shock is, you know, you can get a movie, right? But here's the other thing. Apparently, they want to focus on, quote, smaller, riskier characters. I'm not sure why not Barbara sure. Gordon is risky. Or why even shot. make movies of those people? Then why not just make them TV shows? Well, Bat isn't Bat Batwoman is a TV show, right? Batwoman is a TV show. Yeah. And it's a black woman, by the way, and I'm excited to see that this season. See how she does. It starts actually starts in a couple I'll weeks. Support. Why not just I'll make it? Just make them TV shows then. I don't understand why you would... Because I guess they don't plan for the movie theaters to ever open. No, I think they want to do that thing like Netflix. Excuse me. You know how Netflix has a few movies a year? Uh, like yeah, how, but Netflix, <clears throat> Netflix does that to try to win Oscars. <laughs> You're like, right. They're not like, about to win an Oscar with Bad Girl Static Shot. <laughs> but I think they might get... You know, they might... You know, there's people out here that likes these movies. And by the way, I'd like some of their movies. I like Shazam. I love Shazam. Me and Devin uh, saw that together. We love the Shazam. best, yeah, the best live action movie they've done today is Shazam. Shazam was great. Movie. I thought Birds of Prey yeah. was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Mike enjoyed Aquaman. Enjoyable. Mike I love liked, Aquaman. Yeah, Mike liked Aquaman. Did uh, you like Aquaman, Reese? It was all right. Thank, yeah, you're with me. <laughs> We're on the same page. The color, the, yeah, the color was just like, what I are expect are Suicide doing? Squad to be pretty good. Like I actually have expectations for that film with James Gunn. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So they, they have they have something good, but this was just a setback. 
Uh, which, but uh, Reese, would you watch a Static Shock movie? Yeah, yeah. Would you watch a? Who is Static Shock? Who's playing Static Shock? Well, they haven't casted anyone yet, but that does matter. You're correct. Okay. Would you watch a Barbara Gordon Batgirl movie? Yeah, I mean, I would watch all of the movies. It's just no, I don't think she's. I don't, I don't, I don't think she's um Oracle yet. I think it's Batgirl, not Oracle. Oh, It'd I need to get maybe that's what they meant when they said yeah. risky. Maybe they're gonna go the Oracle. No, they meant risky like it's a risk to do a Batgirl movie or a Static Shock movie. Like the idea of doing, and I'm like, really? I saw Marvel do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Okay. There is nothing more riskier than Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody knew who those people were at the time. Knew who they were, yeah, yeah. Not a soul know who those people were. That movie came out in 2014. Huh? I didn't even know who they were, and I was actively reading a lot of comics at that time. And on top of that, the two biggest stars in the film are Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper. They have Vin Diesel be a tree who says one sentence, and they have Bradley Cooper be an animated raccoon. So you take your two biggest stars and make them animated creatures in a film with characters that nobody knows of, and that movie made $772 million. You're telling me Static Shock and Batgirl is risky? That's insane. Well, and the other thing is Static Shock had a very popular show Mm -hmm. that people loved. And I mean, people know Batgirl. I mean, I don't think that's risky at all. No, it's not. Uh, Reese, I actually I'll be watching both. I have a story for you. So uh-huh. I have this article that says "Saved by the Bell: The Most Realistic Slash Unrealistic Storylines." All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we go. So number ten. Most realistic. This is not the most realistic, but they go they go back they go back and forth. Like ten is most realistic, nine unrealistic, like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Number ten, most realistic. Jesse worries that she's too tall. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. So I know that episode. She. It's a short guy. She. Uh, oh yeah, I remember the episode. Yeah. She's sitting down when she meets a guy, and when she stands up, she's like a foot taller than him. Um. Is that real? I, I mean, like it's realistic to be in high school and be insecure. But in 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 middle school and high school, most of the girls are taller until the boys have their growth spurts anyway. Yes, I agree. So I don't know. It's stupid the way she does it though, because she she treats him like shit. So <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just that's just Jesse. Jesse's a piece of shit. Um, she is. Wow. Wow. I have I have some short friends who tell me that every time they meet a girl over like when like over uh, over a dating episode, they always ask what the height is. And that and very uh, insecure. Yeah, Tom Cruise still still stands on like boxes and stuff, so he can be with uh, tall women, and he makes them like wear uh, flat nice. shoes. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is realistic. All right, number nine, most unrealistic. Zach lies that Slater doesn't have much time to live. Yeah, that it's stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's unrealistic because he it's it's a whole elaborate scheme that he does. Um, he because I think he's trying to win a, a trip and that he does it. A f- I think he he tries to fake um somebody's death a few times. Zach, uh, Zach I mean Zach Morris is so trash. <laughs> he's so terrible. But yeah, it's so it's ridiculous. Um. All right. And Slater plays along, and it's all—it's stupid. Yeah. 
That's Number unrealistic. Eight, most realistic. Jesse takes caffeine pills and freaks out. That shit is stupid. Yes, it's caffeine pills. That is the best. Yo, you would have thought she did like Molly and Perkins. That she, was, she was all the way gone, yo. I mean, if they had the most, if they had actually made her take a real drug and set her some over the uh, counter, I know, I know people who've taken caffeine pills. And what happened? Great, Mike. Not nothing good. I don't want to say anything, but I'm taking caffeine pills. Caffeine pills are fine. It's coffee, pretty much. I feel like it's a little bit more than coffee. It's probably not really. No, honestly, it makes you more alert. It gives you it gives you the caffeine effect, pure. And coffee has mold in it, and it'd make you crash. And but uh, know, they weren't they weren't being taken to stay awake. Oh, so well, I don't Jesse, know. That could yeah. Jesse was trying to take was taking those pills to stay awake, and Slater was treating her like she was taking like she was uh, snorting cocaine on the side. <laughs> a whole oxy, yeah, a whole oxy. Yo, he was like, no big. He's like, no, mama, I can't talk to you right now. I was like, oh no. He took the pills out of her bag. He got all mad at her. Uh, it's so, and then she sings that song. Come on, you can't take that. <laughs> Number seven, most unrealistic. So they said that was realistic, by the way. So you're saying it's unrealistic, okay? This I one, mean, it's realistic to the the drug problem, but she's taking caffeine. I can't. You can't take it seriously because it's caffeine pills. Most unrealistic. After a student passes away, the characters compete for the money. The will. Oh, that's awful. Four no. No, it wasn't a student. It was a former student. It was a yeah. It was a former student that I passed away. I think it wasn't. It says a student at Bayside passes away, and the main characters think the best way to deal with that is to compete over the ten thousand dollars that the student left in the will. Yeah, it's an old. It was a former. Yeah, it's an old former student. Like an old, yeah, yeah. An old person. Um, <laughs> this happens a few times on the show where. Like they, the school is coming into is supposed to come into a large amount of money, and all the kids think that they like have claim to it. Um, so <laughs> it's really fucking unrealistic because nobody talks to who gives a fuck what the students think about the uh, the money that the school is about to get. Um, so yeah, unrealistic. All right, number six, most realistic: the characters drink and crash a car. It's realistic yeah, shit. Drinking and driving—that's realistic, yeah. I guess. Everything that happens during they go to a toga party in that episode. Um, and it's the they take like a sip of alcohol, you barely see them drink, and then Zach gets in a car and you would think that they had been like chugging rum or something like that. It's like barely like barely beer they drink. Um, so realistic drinking and driving, unrealistic the way they drink and well, drive. Lightweights Mike gets drunk off Zima, so you never know. Zima, Zima still exists. Zima, yes. What's Zima? I've never had that before. In my you life. said you had. Zima. You have had a Zima. You did Zima. have a Zima, Mike. You talked. I've never had a Zima. Zima. I want to yeah. have a Zima. Like Smirnoff I've never had ice. Zima before. Oh yeah, I mean, you mean like White Claw? I don't know. What that White too. Is. Same. same White Claw. It's the same shit. It's Zima it's and same. White Claw. Oh, well, I'm disappointed then. Uh, all right, number five. No, but Risha, right? They brought back Zima yeah, uh, in like 2018. Yeah. I want some Zima. Most unrealistic. Zach gets an actor to pretend to be his father. <laughs> yes, yeah. the best. It's the <laughs> it's best. Unrealistic. It's so good. It's, it's so. It's the. Um. It's the. Um. He's the waiter from the Max. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's the British waiter from the Max that Zach brings to pretend to be his father. 
Um, and it's completely ridiculous that Mr. Belding even goes along with that shit because it's yeah, it's stupid, unrealistic. I, I agree. It's so amazing how you remember all these episodes. It's so amazing. <laughs> I mean, they they came on so many times. Uh, most realistic number four: Jesse hates her stepbrother, the wicked stepbrother. Oh, that dude was hey. a dick. That is yeah. realistic to dislike your stepbrother. So Unrealistic that that guy. He was like, he was really like super pervy to Lisa as soon as he meets her. Again. He to... <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. He was just. He was a dick for no reason. So this is why incest porn is a thing. This that's why incest porn is a thing. That that whole episode right there. Fuck Eric. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why he was Eric. only in those two episodes and they sent his yeah. his uh his terrible New York accent back to wherever he came from. Most unrealistic. Oil was discovered at Bayside. Yeah, that's the other episode where they discovered in California? oil. California? In um, fucking California? And they they everybody the students get all excited because it's like, oh, we we found oil, we rich. And it's like, no, nigga, you're not rich. The school <laughs> they found oil. Um, on school property, you don't get anything. You just get to go to a, you know, a rich school, I guess. Number two, most realistic. <laughs> Kelly likes her older boss, Jeff. Realistic, uh, time. realistic to be attracted to your boss. Unrealistic to have like a 25 year old with 15 or 16 year old Kelly and everybody just be cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they was cool with it in that episode? <laughs> what? No, I mean, Ke- okay. No, Kelly, Zach wasn't. Zach wasn't. No, Ke- yeah, because Kelly and Zach were dating at the time, so she cheated on Zach when she kissed, um, Jeff. Uh, what's his name, Jeff? But Jeff was like twenty-two or twenty-three years old. Kelly was like fifteen when that happened, and her friend. I'm like, no, Kelly's parents would not have been cool with it. Kelly had like a strict um curfew and everything. No way, her parents were going to be cool with that. So realistic to be attracted to your boss, unrealistic to just be dating him um, and for no adults or anybody to say anything about it. As a matter of fact, everybody got mad at Zach when Zach was like, uh, was mad at her. Mm-hmm. And that's the one time you could be on Zach's side because Zach is a piece of shit. But you could be on Zach's side on this. He's like, she cheated on me. And every he's like really mad. He was a dick about some things, but it's like you, you could understand why he would be mad. But everybody is like Zach you know like you got to be her friend and then when um Jeff later on down the road when Jeff cheats on Kelly with a college girl you know somebody his own age who can like fuck um he, he everybody told Zach that he has to be the one that tell Kelly that Jeff was cheating on her so hey, why would you do that why, yeah. yeah her two best friends are like nah nah Zach uh, you gotta tell her she she'll only listen to you. We're her best friends. You're her ex boyfriend, um, who she cheated on. But you have to tell her that uh, her boyfriend, her current boyfriend, cheated on her. Uh, fucking mess. Number one, most unrealistic. Kelly takes her baby brother to school. Say what? Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, she. What happens? Her parents have to go away. Kelly has like 20 brothers and sisters, um, but her parents somehow have time to go. I think they go on vacation or something um, and they leave the baby. I forget that baby's name. Anyway, they leave the baby with uh, with Kelly and she has to take him to school because she can't get a babysitter or something like that. 
um, yeah, unrealistic because like nobody would they would call her parents like as soon as she brought a baby in a school CPS somebody would call her parents and be like yo yeah she brought this baby here come get him um (laughs) devin um creed 3 has been confirmed and it will be never seen any of them michael b jordan directed by michael b jordan yes directed by michael b jordan are you in ryan google is what he hasn't yeah. done. He only did the first one. Sylvester Stallone oh. did the second one. Oh, it was pretty damn I don't good. Them Have you? Did, uh, are you in for this one, Reese? No, I don't care about Rocky movies. You don't? Did you watch any of the Creed movies? Nope. You and Devin. don't care. Thanks, Reese. <laughs> Team, <laughs> we went over here, baby. We went over here. <laughs> I love Tessa Thompson. I'll watch anything she's in. She's probably the most versatile. You know what? I Hollywood. do love her. Yeah, I love me some Tessa too. I'm not watching Creed for her though. That's what I got pictures for. Hey, yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, Reese, have you uh, have you watched Sophie's uh, Love? No, on uh, Amazon. On Amazon, it's great. Sophie, Sophie, yeah. You watched it, Devin? I watched uh, some of it. I didn't finish it. Is Tessa Thompson in it? Yeah, she's in it with Nabi Asamoah. He used to play football. The, the, the football player? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he married to uh Carrie. Yeah. Yep. Okay. yeah. He's actually he like, get out here yeah, and he money. Act. Yeah, he's really good. He's an actor. All right. He's been in a lot of good stuff. He got, he does a lot of independent work. That's why uh his friends are independent because he he directs as well. Uh but he's really good. He's a really good actor. Carrie told him he gotta get a job. <laughs> get him, get some money. He's pretty damn good. Uh all right. Uh Reese, I don't remember. Do you watch Rick and Morty? I haven't watched the last season. Oh, baby, please do something. I didn't watch like Devin's five times. It's amazing. Times. So this is for mostly Devin and Mike. But Reese, you don't know this. So uh, some producer from Rick and Morty has come out and said that they believe that Mr. Meeseeks is smarter than Rick. Hmm. You I can believe it. Possible. Mr. Meeseeks smarter than Rick. Why does he? Why does he think he's smarter than Rick? Says Mr. Meeseeks are problem-solving, skinny blue creatures born from a button on a mysterious box that Rick introduced to his family. Meeseeks yearn to earn death and do so by fulfilling a request, be it uh, menial or complex. Their existence is determinative, but they do gain any meaningful or positive insight while completing their tasks. As their are their lives only tasks defined without the free will? Do does their does the mere completion of their subsequent non-existent give meaning since lingering existences cause Mr. Meeseeks pain? <laughs> this is very detailed about the Mr. Meeseeks. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, the Mr. Meeseeks again strikes out. To, oh, let me see. Let's go. Let's go. 13, 13. Uh, basically, they're saying that Mr. Meeseeks knows how to do everything. So, like, whatever, they have to know yeah. how to do everything that anybody asks them. So, that, that means that they're smarter than Rick. Mike? Hmm. Michael, no, because attention? they couldn't. They couldn't solve Jerry's golf swing. Neither could yeah. Rick. Mr. Mr. Rick didn't care to try. Yeah, Rick could easily. Oh, Rick oh that's, that that gives you a paradox right there because Rick knows no, what not to give a fuck about. Mr. Meeseeks has to give a fuck about everything. Well, Mr. Yep. Meeseeks doesn't have a choice though. Well, what do you think, Reese? Yeah, I agree with Mike. I actually think that Mr. Meeseeks is one of the best characters on the show. I love Mr. Meeseeks. I love Mr. Meeseeks. They're so great. The Kirkland brand was the best shit ever. The Kirkland brand, though? 
the Kirkland brand what with a red motherfucker with the hair. He he just had red hair. He had blonde hair. He was red. The uh, Kirkland Mr. brand. She was hilarious. The Kirkland brand, yes. Gave him Mr. Meeseeks box. The Kirkland. Oh yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. No, Devin's right. I love hilarious. By the way, also, do they die after they go, or do they go back into the box and then they get to come back out and help somebody else? That's a question I would really like to. I would like to know. I don't think they die. It's just like task complete. They disappear, right? Yeah, they disappear. So are they dead? Or do they go back in the box and then come back out? I'm very interested in that. The Mister Meeseeks. Also, I'm very interested in when Rick and Morty's coming back. Uh, what is it? Season five now? Um, yeah. Season five that's coming up. Let me see. Rick and Morty season five release date is supposed to be. Sometime this year. Look at that. We're going to not have to wait two years. Also, apparently there's supposed to be more episodes this time. Yeah, I heard that. They they have 80 episodes on the dock. Yeah, 80 episodes. So, yeah, Mm. it's exciting. We're getting some Mr. Me Seeks. Hopefully he'll come back. You think they're going to do interdimensional cable ever again? Because that was one of my favorites. They they always play in the background. What do you say, Mike? I like what they did with the Morty's uh, mind wipe or whatever. That was funny. All right, we have some, yeah, we have some nerd news from Mike. Um, it might get boring, but hopefully Mike can make it interesting. Mike, what is all this new drone FAA shit? Oh, yeah, all right. So after Devin texted me today, I uh, I went into some So it looks like, it looks like we're, we're getting ready here to go ahead and allow drone deliveries to happen past a bunch of, uh, a bunch of new regulation for that. Uh, on the back end, uh, in a lot, I'm in a lot of drone pilot groups where other pilots like talk, you know, share jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the United States government is simultaneously trying to keep it in house, so they just put a big ban on a bunch of DJI products, which is the band brand that I use to fly. Uh, they put like big commercial bands, which get a little complicated and stuff. But um, this is important because uh, some people are against you know, the progression of artificial intelligence and, and drones and stuff. But there's a yes. lot of communities that don't get access to the same type of food delivery services that say That's I true. have, right? Because I, I can get Whole Foods whenever I want, delivered to my house, especially right now during the pandemic. Very convenient. Whole Foods has nutritional stuff. Uh, I have access to that. A lot of people don't. However, with with this type of delivery service, you know, you, you they, they could have a lot, you know, a, a lot of those communities would now be able to access uh, more better, better foods, um, which I mean I don't need to explain any of that to you. But, you know, you guys know that. So I mean, this is definitely one of those things in technology that some people are going to start whining, you know, complaining in privacy. And but I, I think if if done correctly and by the right people, um, it could be really good for a lot of people. You know, so I'm all for it. I mean, okay, all right, Michael, definitely. So I have a theoret- I have an article because we always do one about robots. But this one, I don't know where I should, I stand on this one. And so it'll be interesting to see what Mike, Devin, and Reese think about this. So this was written in Yahoo News. And the title of the article is, Why Robots Need to Be Able to Say No. No. Oh, shit. We already, God damn it. No. Should you always do what other people tell you to do? Clearly not. Everyone knows that. So should future robots always obey our commands? At first glance, you might think they should, simply because they're machines, and that's what they are designed to do. 
But then think of all the times you would not you would not mindlessly carry out others' instructions and put robots into those situations. Just consider an elder care robot tasked by forgetful owner to wash the dirty clothes, even though the clothes had just come out of the washer. A preschooler who orders the daycare robot to throw a ball out the window. A student commanding her robot tutor to do all the homework instead of doing it herself. A household robot instructed by his busy and distracted owner to run the garbage disposal even though the spoons and knives are stuck in it. There are plenty of benign cases where robots receive commands that ideally should not be carried out because they lead to unwanted outcomes, but not all cases will be that innocuous, even if their commands initially appear to be. Consider a robot car instructed to back up while the dog is sleeping in the driveway behind it, or a kitchen aid robot instructed to lift a knife and walk forward when positioned behind a human chef. The commands are simple, but the outcomes are significantly worse. How can humans avoid such harmful results of robot obedience? If driving around the dog were not possible, the car would have to refuse to drive at all. And similarly, if avoiding stabbing the chef were not possible, the robot would have to either stop walking forward or not pick up the knife in the first place. In either case, it's essential for both autonomous machines to detect the potential harm their actions can cause and to react to it by either attempting to avoid it or if harm cannot be avoided by refusing to carry out the human instructions. How do we teach robots when it's okay to say no? Reese, what do you think? I feel like everything I have now is programmed to do to prevent um, like accidents. First of all, why are your dog laying in um in a driveway behind your car? He had a death wish. He has been sad. Whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, but I feel like everything I have is like meant to. Um, like all the electronics I have prevent accidents and stuff. Like they, they, there's some kind of alarm or something to let you know when, uh, when like, I don't, I can't even think of something. Like when you try to turn a dishwasher on and uh, it's open or something, I don't know. I can't even think of anything, but it's like, there's like preventative stuff that's already put in place. Like, I don't know. So my robot would, I don't, I wouldn't even have a robot. I don't want a robot. Uh, keep your robots. There you go. Yeah, that's smart. It's all, it's all smart. Yeah, that's Reese's all we need. Yeah, Mike, yeah, because Michael. Well, the first, there's a pretty easy solution to the first problem. Just wait for the issue to resolve. Like, you know, uh, there's something in the way, wait for it to pass. I mean, that's going to be more of an issue with a sleeping dog, but, uh, you know, not impossible. Uh, the second thing I would say is there would obviously need to be different uh, algorithms for old people and children, right? You sh- a robot should not listen to a child most of the time because most of the things the child tells it to do are going to be not good or not possible. So exactly. there has to be a, a, hierarchical system, a hierarchical system in place, right? Where maybe if there's one in the classroom, obviously the only person the robot should be listening to is the teacher, or at the house, obviously it should be one of the parents. Then you have this thing where when someone becomes of age, you know, well, just like it becomes legitimate help from the robot. Like, hey, well, it robot, should be able to identify. Can you I help mean, me make up my bed. No, let me tell you something. Does the child I, I, have you know, robot money? No. You're, well, here's the thing. Make like, your own damn bed. Crisis detection and deciding whether or not to respond to a certain command are two different things. You know. You could program your iPad. There's a feature where you could have it listen for things like smoke alarms, fire, and notify you. Uh, that's crisis detection. 
The only thing the iPad can do is tell me that there's a problem and I could leave, but a robot would have more capabilities. Well, obviously, when there's a fire or there's a problem or, or some unknown entity is entering the situation, you'd have to implement some sort of crisis detection to allow it to respond accordingly. But there's a big difference between <coughs> responding to specific commands by a small child and responding to an incident that's happening, putting a child in distress. Those things you could test for. Like, you could do, you know, you could record 100 instances of t children in distress, and it's not going to be the same thing as a child giving a, a ridiculous command. And it'll, it'll be easy for the machine to distinguish between those two events. I don't think this is a big issue. What do you think? Um, you can't let these robots. If you tell them, if, if a robot says no, a robot's going to start thinking for himself. And then again, we're going to be slave to these robots. I don't understand why people don't understand this shit. It's because really it's simple. Not possible. What do you fuck? Oh my God. You're going to learn. No, you no, no, you will. See, here's the problem with Mike. You, a robot, Mike a robot can't that, go. A robot Mike assumes can't. that people are good. And so he assumes that no person will allow, will build a robot that would allow them to do those things. When in fact, people are horrible. And of course they will build a robot that would do those things. That's what Mike doesn't understand. Mike thinks, oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to build a robot. I'm not going to, I would make sure they have fail safe so they don't do those things. There's going to be people who build yeah. robots for those specific reasons to not have fail safe to destroy exactly. the world because people are terrible. The only time. The only time any Why do you think we have nuclear YouTube. weapons? Listen, the no only sane, on, on, We just on. saw a whole movie. No sane person would think a nuclear weapon is a good idea. Especially nuclear weapons fired on each other. Like that's not sane. That's insane. Like that will destroy humanity. But people are like, "Oh, we need a bigger and better weapon. We need a bigger and better weapon. We got to have nukes." It's insane. We literally saw a movie. We saw the, we just saw the Wonder Woman. We literally just saw it. The only the only instance where what you're describing could even be remotely possible is when people start making these type of things for the military because then you have things oh, that are designed to kill. That's the first thing. But robots, do. robots that are not designed to kill cannot suddenly decide to kill. That's what it's not mean. possible because you're you're talking about like like the amount of work that goes into programming a, like That's those true. robot chests, right? The amount of work that goes into making a robot do just those few tasks in the kitchen is tremendous. The jump that it would need to happen from a kitchenware robot, go from kitchenware robot to murderer is like, yes, in you 20, could never in do 2020, it. But in 2055, it may not be that difficult. Nah, the only time I think you could ever see a situation where robots are hostile against wills when you have robots designed for and by the military. That's a different thing. Yeah, and guess Those what? Robots in, 1770, are in 1777, they thought, oh, we have this musket, and we can load it up, and we can kill one person, so let's make an amendment that allows people to bear arms, because how bad could it be? It's just a fucking musket. But you're still talking about the same person. This is a robot. Yes, but what They're I'm not saying people. is, in 2020, you think that that's not possible, but we don't know what the technology will be in 50 years. We don't know what that technology will be in 50 years. And so the same people who thought, let's make a second amendment to give everybody the rights to bear arms, had not considered there'll be rocket launchers and machine guns and AK-47s and all types of shit that we have today. They didn't consider that when they made that law. You're considering today and you're considering benevolence of people. Me and Devin and Risa, like, people are terrible. 
And if everybody was like you, then maybe I'd be better with robots. But everybody's not like you. So we have a second robot story before we see if Michael did his homework or not. And I don't know if Reese knows about Michael's homework, but it'll be interesting to see if Michael did his homework. So here's a second robot story. Sex robots may be the future of caretaking for older adults. What do you think about that, Reese? I mean, I have heard that the nursing homes be having a lot of sexually transmitted diseases because STIs, yeah, STIs, yeah, because uh, the grandparents be getting down and they don't be using protection. So maybe a sex bot is the way to go. Although this niche market is obscure to many, it is clear that the sex robot industry is not one that typically focuses on marketing to the elderly. Nancy Jecker, a professor at the Department of Bioethics and Humanities in the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine, wants to make sex robots available to older people with disabilities to address impairments in their sexual capabilities. Jecker pointed out that sex robots are marketed and sold almost exclusively to just one subset of people. The current industry is focused exclusively on young, able-bodied male clientele. So, Mike... What kind of message does this that send other people, especially older women and people with disabilities? Jacker latest research is focused on designing future sex robots to cater to the needs of very different demographics, older adults, especially those with physical disabilities. This population often sees impairment in sexual functioning, but no significant decrease in the desire for sexual fulfillment. Devin, you okay with that? Um... I gotta, I gotta be honest. Uh, yeah, I think if you program from for different things other than the sex, you know what I mean? Because I feel like you know they could, you know, give my pillow sex robot, but not not a sex robot. Uh, but yeah, they be fucking in the old people homes. That's I don't want to think about that. That shit real nasty. No <laughs> um, old people throwing out hips and shit, and, and Gladys ain't here no more because she caught the crabs and and broke her hip while she was fucking Gerald. It's all bad. It's all bad. I don't, I don't know. I went somewhere with that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, it could be good. Mike, you're pro robot. Are you pro sex robots in nursing homes? I mean, <laughs> if, that, if that's what they want and that's what they need, go for it. I'm not gonna stop. Them. Is it cut about my Medicaid? Hassoon, would Is you cut- buy a sex robot? No. Would you use a I don't sex think robot I'm if it was gifted to you? I don't. I, I, I hope not. Fuck you. I'm using that. I'm using. Although you know what, Michael, you, Michael, you out here trying to you trying to be politically correct. You trying to act like you ain't. <laughs> I'm using that. You somebody me buy me a sexual robot. I'm using that shit. Fuck you. If, Reese, if, if you know what, like you? I like Buddhist. But would you use a sex robot if it was gifted to you? No. So Come you on, Reese. No, <laughs> Reese. You got you got that one button and it's gonna, it's gonna power jump. Come on, Reese. No, on, I don't. I don't want a robot. What if it malfunctions? What? That's no. An excellent question. Reese, that's when you got it. That is an excellent question. You got to be through. very I painful. Just, I'm gonna use it once. That could be very painful yeah. for both men and women. Yeah, I'm not taking any chances. I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna try it out. Good luck. So, Mike, did you do your homework for uh, virtual reality racism? Oh, that. No, I didn't do that. I thought you were talking okay, about my news next story. Next week, do your homework for next week. So, Reese, I'll oh, let you know. Reese, but last the title. Brandon, give me the title. So, last week, we found an article that uh, these white dudes made these VR games to help white people experience racism. Oh, no. In VR, like in the <laughs> Oculus Rift. 
Yeah. And so they can download it. They're free, by the way. I think Mike said they were free. He looked them up in the store. They are free. I, I actually have it downloaded. I could jump in right now and no, share my screen. No, we're not going to jump in right now because nobody can see it except the people on Facebook. But you'll give a report next week. So one of them is called I Am a Man, which places you as a participant at the 1968 Memphis sanitation workers' strike and grants players a firsthand experience of the events that led up to the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And the other one is called Traveling While Black, currently available on the Oculus Quest. It's set around the historic Ben's Chili Bowl in Washington, D.C. and shows what it was like to travel while black during the Jim Crow era. So what do you think about that, Reese? Are you pro-virtual reality racism? I mean, if that's what white people want to do, uh, it's not hurting anybody, right? I mean, No, it I don't just think. makes them be black <laughs> in a virtual reality. I will have I my mean, full report. Yeah, uh, if it'll keep you out of blackface, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> be virtual that reality. is virtual blackface. That is excellent. Virtual reality black. So last week was virtual reality racism. Today's episode is going to be virtual reality blackface. That's excellent. You know, that that actually is an interesting question. If I'm in a video game in virtual reality and I create a character, just like you know how Brian, like you created your cyberpunk character, you made her a woman. If I make mine black, is that bad? Can, I don't know. No, because no. I think this means you want to be black. I play yeah. with white people all the time in video games my whole entire life. That's all it's been is white men <laughs> for my whole yeah. life until the last five years. I had no choice <laughs> but to be a white man. That's I, that's why every time I get a chance to make a character, I always make a black woman. Like every single time, like my character in Cyberpunk's a black woman, my character in Mass Effect was a black woman. This is every time I do that. GTA. I, I always it. try to make mine look just like me, but they always look way cooler than I will ever look. That's true because you're not cool. I'm kidding, Mike. I'm hey, kidding. we both watch Wonder. We all watch Wonder Woman. You you empower people, sir. You don't put people down. That's true. You're right. You don't you're do right. that. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Mike, it's time for Fact. I'm going to get some music at some point for Fact or Fiction. Uh, and I think Rashani gave us a better name, but I totally forgot what he said the name was. That was better than Fact or Fiction. It was much cooler than that. But let's play. Shout Fact out, Rashani. Shout out, Lauren. Come on, Mike. All right, you guys ready? Does, yes. does, does Reese know the rules? Yeah, she's been on before for that. All right. Well, I haven't. Oh, you don't remember, <laughs> Mike? Oh. <laughs> Mike gives no. us three stories, right? And we have to tell if it's a real story or if it's fake, like from an onion. Okay. All right, go ahead, Mike. Okay, first one. A uh, man was trapped in his apartment for 28 years, has finally been freed. Mm. Reese, fact or fiction? Mm. It seems fictional, so I'm going to say fact. <laughs> Devin? I'm going to say fiction. Trapped in for how many years, Mike? 28 years. That's too long. Fiction. I'm going fiction. What's the answer? Did Devin answer? He said fact. Yeah, I said fiction. That's a fiction. This is a true story. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Oh, yes. this is right. a, a woman in Sweden kept her son in his apartment for 28 years. Huh? How? Oh, wow. Man, his condition was so... Oh, this is a little gross. I'm going to skip that part. The 41-year-old victim. We want all of it. Yeah. Please read it. All right. So. Uh, it could only be gross. It could only be gross. Emergency rescue crews rushed to an apartment in Stockholm, Sweden, on Sunday after they received reports that a woman had kept her son, now 41, trapped inside the apartment for more than 28 years. Man's condition was so poor. He had open sores all over his body. No teeth left. And they, he could barely walk or talk. 
according to reports from Swedish media. 41-year-old victim was rushed to the local hospital, underwent surgery to treat wounds. None of his injuries were thought to be life-threatening. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to lie. This took a darker turn. I did not anticipate this. This is a little dark for fact and fiction. My bad. Come on, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, okay, so neighbors knew the apartment was not well-maintained. Uh, the same candle had been in one window for 38 years for 30 years. However, neighbors did not know the extent of the imprisonment because they would stop to talk to the old woman and even see her out in public. However, their conversations would be non-intrusive and stick to topics such as the weather. Neighbors would ask about her son to which she would reply that he was doing fine. She would always change the subject promptly after that. One person saw the son out in public over the summer. He approached her and said, I don't know. I know who you are. You're my neighbor. Most neighbors never saw him. They didn't even realize an adult male was living in the apartment. Right. He might have remained in there if not for the woman's relative. The relative had long suspected that the elderly mother was controlling her son, but did not know that he was a prisoner. In November, she had to go to the the mom had to go to the hospital for treatment for an unreported condition. And on Sunday, the relative entered the apartment and found him sleeping on the kitchen floor with one blanket. Oh, that's right. how he got out. All right. Dan Devner, 0 for 1. Reese is 1 for 1. Uh, story 2, Mike. Okay. COVID-19 pandemic gives rise to super gonorrhea strain after overuse of antibiotics. I believe it. Yeah, fiction. Devin. I believe it. This I is a true it. story. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. You say, anytime you say super gonorrhea, I was like, oh, no, that's the thing. Because okay. people don't know how to wrap it up out here. Paragraph, Mike. Mutations in the SARS-CoV-2 uh, SARS virus may not be the only issue that health experts have to deal with in the coming months. They've also seen a rise in the super strain of gonorrhea, which is deemed to be drug-resistant. During the pandemic, some drug that I cannot pronounce was used to treat sinus and chest infections in order to prevent co-infection of patients with coronavirus. It's also used to treat inflammatory symptoms of severe infections. A spokesman for the for World Health Organization told the that overusing antibiotics can lead to the emergence of antimicrobial resistance and gonorrhea. Sexually transmitted infection services during the pandemic have been disrupted, which indicates that there are more STI cases that remain undiagnosed. This also led to more people doing self-medication. With more people turning to this type of treatment, it can fuel the resistance in gonorrhea, uh, which includes super gonorrhea that has been shown to offer high resistance against current antibiotics that are commonly used in treating disease. So, uh, it goes on and on, but the gist of it, it goes on to talk about that in places of the world where overpopulation is an issue, uh, like in Eastern Asia and India, uh, over-the-counter drugs are really easy to get, and they take so much of it that uh, people are worried that the next diseases are going to be resistant to drugs because that stuff spreads, you know, so the drug gets stronger to try and break through the overuse of the antibiotics. People in countries that don't have uh, overpopulation or issues where or antibiotics are so easily accessible end up getting hit with a much more aggressive strain of the virus. So you're starting to see a little bit of that here with super gonorrhea. Tell Nana that. and Pop Pop. Yeah, tell Nana and Pop Pop. Wrap it up at the, at the home, at the, at the assisted living right. facility. I'm that is saying, a huge problem, sex- though, that I don't know how you can even fix at this point. But, like, we just got to get lucky because the over uh, over medication of common you know, and it's be a, it's a problem. So, uh, Brandon's 0 for 0. I'm 0 for Devin, 2. you got both of them, right? Devin is I got 1, one. one and Reese is 1 for 1. I'm, no, I'm 1 of 2, Brandon, one and Reese is... Reese is 1 of 2, and I'm 0 for 2. So, I can't win. So, story 3. 
Bodybuilder may a a bodybuilder may spend holidays alone after sex doll wife is broken. Oh, what? Body bodybuilder a bodybuilder may spend holidays alone after sex doll wife is broken. Oh, that's fiction. That's fiction because, like, why would he? Why would he make this story up? Why would he tell somebody about this? So you say maybe it's he has a fiction, Devin. It's fiction. It's fiction. Okay. Reese, Reese, what do you got? Fact. I don't know. Why did I say that? Fact. I'll just go fact since y'all both said fiction. Mike. Devin for the win. Devin for the win. This is a true story. Oh, yeah. oh. So, you got it, I, I actually, this, this, this was not originally in my doc. I had a fake <laughs> story, but when I went to pull up my stories, I get them all from Reddit. This popped up, and I was like, oh, this is too perfect for me to pass up. Oh. So, I hit you with three true stories this week. Um, Reese, congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Oh, you gotta read the first paragraph. I'm going to. I'm going to. With the <laughs> um, Okay. So, with the sound of wedding bells still fresh in his mind, all Yuri Talako wanted for Christmas was some romance and jingle bells with his sex doll bride. But alas, dear Margot, as he named her, has apparently broken down, possibly spoiling the couple's Yuletide plans. The kooky built bodybuilder from Kazakhstan who tied the knot with the rubber doll oh, after an eight-month courtship now has to wait to see if her broken bits can be fixed on time. She's uh, he, A quote from him, she's broken, now she's being repaired, she's in another city. When she recovers, it will be a gift for the both of us. Uh, he's holding out hope that, can, that she can return by Christmas Day, uh, somewhere between Christmas Day and January 7th in his country. The enamored muscle man was recently seen on Instagram Planting a gentle kiss on Margot, who appeared a bit stiff in her revealing white gown as she clutched a bouquet of flowers <laughs> and stared into the distance at their wedding. First of all, the we un- had a whole Borat. He gave us a whole Borat story. The unconventional couple got engaged in December of 2019 when the bald, blue-eyed, uh, as the article says, hunk who described himself as a sexy maniac popped the question to his sex doll. Jeez. He met her People at a nightclub. He met her what? at a nightclub. Where what? he rescued her from some unwanted a, attention. That's what it says. I was about to log. I was about to log off, yo. I was about to hit the whole end button. What the fuck? Hold on. What? So, so in Kazakhstan, apparently you can have a whole sex robot in a club, and then a bodybuilder is like, "Oh, no, that's there's my a picture now, of them together." Do you guys want to see? You got the damn right. I want to see. God, uh-huh. you know what? I'm gonna just turn my camera because I'm reading off my iPad. So here we go. This is the couple. Oh no. Uh- <laughs> what is wrong? I mean, I don't want to. You know what? A, I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to judge him. He took a maternity photo with his fucking sex doll. I'm not oh going to judge him. This is the, I'm happy. not judging either, but I'm just saying. He's happy. I'm assuming she's happy. So, so are and, we saying this is a thing now that you can marry inanimate objects in Kazakhstan? Is that a real thing? That's what we just said. Oh, right? there's four pictures. Hold on. I'll show you the rest. Oh, Here's number two. Oh, see, look. Oh, man, you gotta see that one. Yes, 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 yes. Next picture. This is actually that is cool. Now. This is actually kind of oh. cool. Yes. They are so happy. Uh, oh, he brings her out in public. Oh, he got no. muscles. Only because he got muscles. Oh my God. People look at him like he lost it though, because he's dragging her like that. Wait, like this. Lars and the real girl. I think that's what it's called. About oh, a guy that. 
carries around a, a doll as his girlfriend. Man. Yeah, they are up here again. That's, yes, that's she looks kind of real right it, there. I know. It, yeah, it, she kind of does. It takes all kinds what of people. Is y'all. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Borat, my friend. Very nice. Kazakhstan. <laughs> it was very nice. We did our review on that movie. That was great. Oh, I watched it. We can review. Uh, all right, uh, Devin. Before we go, do you have any anime or books to tell us about? No. Hey, that Jutsu uh, Kasavi or whatever thing that you said is on Amazon. It's on uh, HBO Max. It's really good. I'm on episode uh, episode five now. It's really good. Um, it's about demons. It's good. Um, Wake up grateful. Uh, it's really good. It's a good book. Check it out. Uh, and then also, if you care oh, you to know what, interact, you know what, Devin? The, remember, I was supposed to show you a trailer last week of the Amazon, the anime that you said the all the ones they did before were great. So this one's going to be great. Yeah, I, I found it. I think it'll work now. So we'll do that, and then we'll go out of here. So let me see if I can share cool my beans. screen. All right, let me know if you can Reece, see this, Devin. If you want to do K-drama, we can do it, boo. I'm watching the K-2 on uh, Netflix. Can y'all Are see my watching? screen? Yeah, yeah the K-2. Y'all can see it? Yeah. Okay, here you go, Devin, look. Re- hold on, Devin, hold on. Brandon, you got to put Reese in the group chat. Skate-no-race-ga-a-run-da-yo. <laughs>閉鎖されたのってみるか。いや、俺は。ああ。これ人が立てるようにできてないだろ。ここでボードに乗ったからには滑るのがルールだ。オッケーマスター。乗るか。スケート着てのノリで滑るもんだろ。いいよ。乗せられてあげる。
Does his skateboard come with fucking rockets on the back? I need to know some shit. Like, like you, you're gonna good, have though. one of these. That. The anime looks good. It's fucking great. Reese, you like anime? Would you watch better. that? Yeah, I'll watch it. Where can I watch it? So that comes out. Apparently, that comes out this year. Uh, it's called SK8 The Infinity. It's going to be skate, on oh, skate. Skate, skate, yeah, skate, skate the Infinity. It's going to be on Funimation beginning January 9th. So next a couple Ooh. weeks. Okay. So me and Reese are going to do the first episode. Boom, we're going to do it because we watch shit not dubbed. You know what I mean? That's what we do. I mean, right. that's what I do. I, I, I mean, I hope you don't like shit I didn't know if you would be into that. It actually kind of got me. I'm like, I was actually kind of curious. Like, Brandon, I've watched a volleyball fucking anime because <laughs> that shit is fucking everything. It's on it's on Netflix. If y'all want to see some fucking intense ass volleyball that ain't even really got that much volleyball in it, but before I crack I, I spike this ball, my magic power, even though it's not really a magic power, it's just that I spike the ball really hard. It looks like I'm putting some magic power on it. Watch some fucking anime. Anime is this fucking whimsical and like it makes you like you think it makes the the original seem ordinary. You know what I mean? When the ordinary seems extraordinary, it's amazing. I love it. I think I might watch this too. I think I might. I think it might have gotten me. I didn't watch the trailer last time. I just read the description. That trailer actually is very interesting to me. I want to know more about these people that are again. See, this is, that is why anime gets you because you be like, and because what anime does, it never gives you a a story beginning to end. It gives you a a overall story in that boom. You need to focus on this person because we focus the camera on this person and now see what his story is. Boom. And there's a big story going on. But look, there's somebody else over there. I bet you want to know what his story is about, too. Why is he here? And then there's a bigger thing. Funimation on the Apple TV? Is that an app? They got bought by Crunchyroll bought them. So they're they're on, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Crunchyroll. Yeah, Yeah, Crunchyroll got. Funimation in the App Store. It's on Apple TV. So, yeah, I'm getting that. I'm watching that. I don't know. That might have got me. All right, cool. Reese, thank you. For joining the team, we love you here. This was fun. Thank you. Put Reese in the group chat. Mike, do you I'm have anything to else? Do... Nope. Devin, do you have any books before got... we go? Uh, again, uh, wake up grateful. Uh, the art of social excellence. Shout out to two woke girls. Shout out to Rasani. Shout out to Charmaine. Thank you for doing the show with Brandon because I didn't have to watch that shitty movie, but I ended up watching it anyway. So fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> I love you all. Black Lives Matter. Boom. I'm done. All right, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, make sure you go check out Hindsight. Me and Rashani have Home Alone coming out this week. So that was fun. Oh. That movie was actually so much fun. Like, I forgot how great that movie is. It's great. Mike's going to be on Hindsight. The first one is the best. Next week to review Elf, which I've never seen before. So With my sister. With Allie. So Allie yeah. and Mike are going to review Elf with us. So that's on Hindsight. So, yeah, make sure you go check that out. And uh, we'll be back next week. Talk to you all later. Peace.